Father, we thank you for the entrance of thy word. We declare in the name of Jesus that your word will impact the life of each person here today and those that are watching by way of the internet. Lord, I pray you would make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer that I might declare your word. That, Like, like it says uh, in your word that I would speak as an oracle of God. I pray that every heart is ready, every mind is awake, and the will of God shall be done here today. Signs, wonders, and miracles. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone shout. Amen. Amen. The book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter number 5, and we're going to start reading from verse number 1. The gospel of Luke, chapter 5. I'm going to give you time to find it. It's in the New Testament. It's the third book. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So we're looking in the book of Luke. If you found it, say amen. amen. Just this section said amen. This section, have you found it? Amen. If you found it, say amen. amen. Good. Luke chapter number five. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two ships, or you can say two boats, if you read this in the New King James Version, it says two boats. But here it says two ships in the King James Version, standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, or one of the boats, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land... And he sat and he sat down and taught the people out of the boat. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought or for a catch. And Simon answering uh, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they, had, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, uh, uh, that, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Uh, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth, Thou shalt catch men. Come on now, say amen. amen. I want to show you several things in, in this story. Several things in the story that I need you to see. The first thing I want you to see that is that the boat of Simon was chosen. If you notice, the Bible says when Jesus came there, Jesus saw two boats. I want to say two boats. Or two ships. But Jesus purposely 
chose the boat that belonged to Simon. I believe it was not by accident that Jesus chose Simon's boat. If you notice as we read the story, Jesus did not even ask Simon if he should get on his boat. Jesus saw two boats and he chose Simon's boat. He got on Simon's boat because there was a purpose that he wanted to reveal to Simon. I would say there was a purpose. I want you to understand this morning that you are listening to this message because you've been divinely chosen. That amen is very weak. You're listening to this message because God has a divine purpose for your life. I want you to notice that the Bible does not tell us the name of the owner of the other boat. Simon's boat was not chosen at random. Simon's boat was chosen on purpose. The Lord intentionally chose Simon's boat because the Lord had a purpose for Simon. The Lord has chosen you on purpose because God has a plan for your life. Come on now say amen. Amen. There is a plan that God has for your life that he wants to unveil, that he wants to reveal. That is the reason why you are sitting under the sound of the word of God today. And you are hearing this, that you have been chosen for a reason. Oh, that amen needs prayer this morning. You have been chosen for a reason. God has a plan for your life. I want you to tell the person sitting beside you that God has a plan for your life. Tell the next person, I am not here by chance. This is not an accident. You are here this morning because there is a divine purpose. God's divine purpose for your life. It is by divine design that you are sitting here this morning listening to this message. Because there is something big that God wants to unveil in your life. Come on, say amen. Amen. God has chosen you to display for this glory. God has chosen you to display for this power. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, the Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to do you good. Plans not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. God has a good plan for your life. I say God has a good plan for your life. Oh my goodness, I'm preaching good news here this morning. I say God has a good plan for your life. God does not have anything bad laid up for you. The Bible says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to come together in unity. Notice it says there, God has commanded blessing. As we are gathered here this morning, there is blessing for each person. I said there is blessing for each person. How great is the goodness that God have laid up for those that love him. If you're a lover of the Lord, I want to say to you this morning, there's something big, there's something great, there's something awesome, there's something amazing that God has laid up for you. And oh my goodness, if your amen is the loudest, then you are the one I'm talking to. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, But you are a chosen generation. You have been chosen. Oh my goodness. That should put a big smile on your face. I am a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A set aside people. You've been called forth to 
Show forth the glory of the Lord who has called you out of darkness into light. You are a chosen generation. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You are not here by mistake. You are not even in Istanbul by accident. Oh my goodness. God has brought you to Turkey for a reason. God picked you from wherever you were and brought you over here. And God put your feet in this church. Because there is something that God wants to unveil in your life. There is such glory that God wants to manifest in you and through you. That even people in your family will be shocked. They will look at you and they will not recognize you. Because of the goodness that God shall reveal through your life. Come on now say amen. Amen. You know a lot of times I preach prophetically and sometimes people don't connect to the prophecies. I'm telling you that God has brought you for a reason and God wants to show forth his glory through your life. That even when your family will see you, they will not recognize you. You you see, you, you can be called out and be given this word personally, but you can also receive this word as a church. I'm telling you that God has called you out and God has a purpose for your life. And when God is done with you, your family will not recognize you because great shall be the glory that God wants to manifest in your life and through your life. Things that has never been done will be done by you because God is going to grace you so much to do things that you've never done that nobody in your family has ever done. You will be the first to do it. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Tell somebody I've been chosen. I've been chosen. I'm not here by mistake. I'm not here by, I'm not here by accident. You know, I, I've been chosen. God divinely chose me. God divinely purposely chose me because he wants to establish his plan and his purpose in and through my life. Can someone shout hallelujah? So that is the first thing we see in the story. That Jesus, when he looked at both boats, he did not pick the other boat. He chose the boat that belonged to Simon. And he got on Simon's boat without asking him if he should, I want you to say to you this morning that Jesus is already on your boat. Amen. Oh, some of you, some of you may not even realize it. He's already on your case. He, he's already dealing with situations in your life. He's already in your family. Come on now, say amen. amen. He's, he's already dealing with things in your life and you probably do not know it. But I want to announce to you that Jesus is already on that case. He's already on your boat. Come on now, say Amen. Uh, And you're just realizing this morning that Jesus got involved already even without asking you. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Lord. I like this section here. So I'll preach to you. Jesus is on your boat already. Yeah. Because if you respond well, I'll preach to you. If you don't respond well, then I'll I'll just drop the microphone and leave. I said Jesus is on your boat already. Jesus is already on that case. Jesus is dealing with it. Jesus is bringing you the victory. Come on now, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man what God has in store for them that love him. And if you love him, I want to say to you that there is something big that he has for your life. Are you here this morning? There's something big that he has for you that he wants to unveil, that he wants to reveal. And he wants to bless you so much that you might become a blessing. Amen. If you believe it, shout your loudest, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. The second thing I want you to see is Jesus asked for his time. The first thing is Jesus picked his boat. But the second thing is Jesus asked for Peter's time. 
There is no question how physically exhausted Peter was. Fishing can be very tiring. It's a lot of work. I want you to notice this guy was not throwing in a line. This guy was fishing with nets. Are you listening to me? And if you notice in the story, the Bible says that he fished all night. This was a very strenuous job. This, this, this must have sapped Peter so much strength. I believe the, the, the next thing Peter wanted to do was to go home, take a bath, and sleep. Because guess what? Peter must return back that night to try to fish and try to catch. Because he had walked all night and he caught how many? Zip. He caught nothing. And if you catch nothing, that means there is nothing for the family to eat. This man must have been physically drained. This man must have been mentally drained. He wanted to just get back home, take a bath, maybe eat breakfast and go to bed. Because he had to return back that same night to try again. But here comes Jesus. Oh my goodness, Jesus is about to interrupt some things here. Here comes Jesus. He comes right in the middle of that chaos. He comes right in the middle of Peter's physical stress and tiredness and exhaustion. And Jesus comes right in the middle of that. And Jesus says to Peter, give me your time. Tell somebody, give me your time. Give me your time. Jesus wants your time. And I want to say to you this morning, for those that will give Jesus their time, Jesus will reward you abundantly. You see, because God will owe no man anything. It is God who said to us, owe no man anything but to love. And so God will owe you nothing. If you invest your time to build the house of God, if you invest your time to help other people, God will bless you abundantly. Give me your time, Jesus said, basically. And so Peter had to decide on what he was going to do. Was he going to give his time? Or he was going to make excuses. He was going to say to Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry. I've walked the whole night and I've caught nothing. I'm tired. I just need to go back home and meet with my wife and, 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 and take a bath and, and have a prepare me breakfast and go to sleep because I want to return back here and try again. Is that what Peter said? Absolutely not. That's not what Peter said. So Peter gave Jesus his time. Now if Peter had caught some fish, I believe that it wouldn't have bothered Peter to give Jesus some time. Are you listening to me? Lending Jesus his boat wouldn't have been a problem just for a couple of hours. After all, there is money in front of him. Because fish, for Peter, equals money. Fish means there is food on the table. Because the man would go to the market and sell his fish. Or maybe give the fish to his wife and the wife would go to the market and sell them. That means money is assured. But in this case, money was not assured. And now Jesus is putting pressure on you. He's asking you to give him your time when you need your time. Somebody getting that? He's asking you to give him your time when you need your time. You need your time to rest. You need your time to, 
cool off. You need your time to unwind from all the stress that you've gone through because you need to come back and continue where you left off. Give me your time. Tell your neighbor, give me your time. That's basically what Jesus was asking Peter to do. But at this time, understand, the man was exhausted. His whole body was aching. It's like football. For, uh, for those of you who know football, soccer, any kind of sport. You know, when you've played and, you know, you go for 90 minutes and you win the game. Nothing hurts. But if you lose, if you lose the game, your everything, your everything from the crown of your head down to the soles of your feet, everything hurts. The reason it hurts is because you lost. If you won the game, you would not even bother if anything is hurting. Why? Because there's something bigger than the hurt. Is that true? Now, Peter at this time did not catch. So Peter at this time was like somebody who has lost the game. So everything is... There was stress. There was frustration. The man must have been thinking, how am I going to provide for the family? And Jesus is saying, give me your time. And I need the time now. Because I'm about to preach to a multitude of people. So Peter chose not to yield to the way he felt in his physical body. Time is a commodity. You can invest it. I say you can. Some, some people are sleeping on this one. You can invest time. You've heard me say to you, don't spend time. Invest it. Don't do what? Don't spend time. Invest time. Spending time is wasting time. Don't spend time. Invest time. So you've got to find the people and the things in your life that is destroying your time. Find them. Get rid of them. Some people, you just have to love them from a distance. Because the closer they get to you, the more they waste your time. Time is a commodity and time waits for nobody. What you fail to do today, you may never do tomorrow. And how many of you know that the year 2000 will never come back? Oh, I'm preaching good now. Say amen. amen. I said the year 2000 will never return. 2010 will never come back. 2021 will never. In other words, what did not happen in 2020? 20 may never happen. May never happen. I say may never happen. Because it can happen. Because God's grace will cause an acceleration. Praise the Lord. I believe that God will restore the years that have been stolen. I believe that God will restore everything that you've lost. Come on now, say amen. amen. But, but you, you've got to be committed to time. You've got to be committed to the, you, to, this, to the investment of time. Because time must be invested. Time must not be wasted. Time must be invested. Time must not be used. 
Time must not be spent. Time must be invested. We cannot say this enough. You've got to learn how to invest time. Tell your neighbor, invest time. Don't spend it. Invest it. Oh, people will call you. Hey, come, let's spend some time together. Don't spend time. I'm not spending time with anybody who wants to spend time. I want to invest my time. And when you start understanding the importance of, of investing time, you will not be with everybody. You have to pick and choose the people you want to meet with. Who wants to succeed? You've got to learn how to invest time. One of the biggest problems is time wastage. People wasting time with the wrong things. People wasting time with the wrong people. And people wonder why they are where they are at. Time must be invested. Time must not be spent. So what Peter is about to do here is to invest. The time that he has got. And I want you to notice. Peter is going to invest his time into the right thing. This is what determines your future. This is what determines whether your time is wasted. Or whether your time is invested. The question is. What have I used? Now let's borrow that word use. What, am I, what have I used my time for? This is what determines whether the time has been invested or whether the time has been wasted. Now look around you. Look around you. Just learn to take inventory of your life and ask yourself the question, what have I done this week? Getting awfully quiet in this place. What have I done this? What have I done this week to take my life to a new level? Because a lot of times, church people think it's just about praying and leaving it all up to God. But it is not true. It is not all about praying and leaving it all up to God. Because we know that you have a responsibility that you must carry out to see the fullness of the plan of God come to pass in your life. Amen. Tell your neighbor of God's responsibilities. There are things that you must do. There are things you must do. Praise God. So you take inventory of your life and you ask yourself the question, is this beneficial? And you will discover some of these things that you do are not beneficial. Is this person adding value to me? You discover there are people in your life that are not adding value. But you just want to be with them because it makes you feel good. What makes you feel good does not mean your life will be productive. Oh, Pastor Godwin, are you telling me to get rid of all my friends? Now listen, if that's what you need to do to go to the next level, that's what you need to do. Don't look at me that way now. I'm preaching good. No, really. If that's what you need to do to go to the next level, because some people are just around you to ruin your life. Show me your friend and I'll show you, I'll tell you where you're heading. 
People just want to sit and talk. Waste time. Stop wasting time. Start investing time. And can I also say to you, some of the pictures you're looking at on Instagram will not put money in your pocket. Will not give you a good job. Will not get you a degree in university. My goodness, if you, if, you, if you take inventory of how much time you waste, you realize why things are not working. And all that you just have to do is to make that small adjustment. It was a small adjustment. Small. Just small, small adjustment. If you make that small adjustment in your life, you will be amazed. And how much time is at your disposal. And how much time is at your disposal will cause your life to be more productive. It's God. Is this helping anybody here this morning? No wasting of time. I want you to be resolute. Make the decision today that I'll never waste time ever again. Never. You're at home and your friend calls you. Hey, let's meet in Taksim Square. Now that's the way a lot of people live their lives, unfortunately. Let's meet in Taksim Square. And then you, you, you run out of your house to meet with a friend in Taxon Square. You spend three hours and then you, you get back home and you realize that you have wasted time. But unfortunately, some don't even realize it. I'm here to tell you that you're wasting time. If the conversation is not beneficial, there is no need talking about it. Pastor Godwell, are you saying that there is no leisure time? No, that's not what I'm saying. Even leisure time is investing time. I'm telling you, leisure time is investing time. Investing time to rest. Because you're going to need the energy tomorrow. Anybody getting what I'm saying this morning? <laughs> leisure time is investing time. Listen, this is the mentality we have to live with. From now on, live with the mentality of investing time, not spending it. Amen. So everything you do should be productive. Amen. Productive. Even when you're spending time with people, it should be productive. Pouring into people and having them pour back into you. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. Oh, I'm giving you the key to be successful, my friends. So you look at some people, they think they are young because they are 20. But before you know it, it's you're 30. Before you know it, you're 40. Before you know it, you start playing catch up. And unfortunately, many in the body of Christ are playing catch up. 
You look at yourself and you realize, well, I've wasted 15 years of my life. What am I going to do now? I'm going to play catch up. No, God has not called you to play catch up. God has called you to be on top of your game. 24-7. Come on now, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. Tell somebody I'm not going to play catch up. As you invest your time into the right things, into the right people, you will set yourself up for increase. A lot of people are praying and asking God to give them an open door. I am for open doors. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation that I set before you an open door that no man can shut. So I believe in God opening doors for you. But I also believe in you preparing yourself for the door. You didn't get that? Just some of you in the front got that. I believe that God opens doors, but I also believe that we've got to be ready for the door. It's not enough to say God opened doors. It's important to also get ready for the doors that God's about to open. Because the question is, when the doors are open, what are you going to do with it? If you're not ready, then that's a wasted opportunity. Come on now, say amen. amen. If you're not ready, it's a wasted opportunity. One of the things that bothered me for a number of years before we started the All-African Conference, it's when people would come here on a Sunday morning for the first time and they would come up to me after the message. And when they would shake hands with me, introduce themselves, they would say, I am new in the country. Of course I can see you are new. Uh, that's why you came here for the first time. Anyways, and then I can tell they want me to help them get a job. Not because I have a company there where I employ people, but because they believe as a preacher, as a pastor, I must know people and so I can give them the right connections. So I can tell that's what the guy wants. And so I ask him a question. Guess my question. What do you want to do? 99.9% of the time, I get this answer. Anything. Now, when I hear anything, I know that the guy does not know what he wants. When you hear anything, you know that this is somebody that does not have a purpose. And if you don't have a purpose, then anything will be anything. That means you're ready to take anything that comes. But God has not created you to live like that. God has created you as the master designer. There is a unique purpose that God has placed you upon the earth to accomplish. So you are not just going to go for anything. You have a purpose. You have a destiny in God. And that must be discovered. And when you discover that, you've got to develop yourself in it. Because if you discover and develop yourself, then you don't have to pray for doors to open. Because doors will automatically swing open before you when you are ready to take the next step. Oh, they didn't believe that. I said when you're ready, God is going to open the doors. Amen. The reason why doors are not open to men is because they are not ready. Because if doors are open and God leads you through that door, you, you might be a disgrace to God. And God is not a God who blesses the fools. The Bible says he uses the foolish things of this world, but it doesn't say he uses fools. 
Get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Prepare yourself for what God wants to do with your life. You're not here by mistake. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. Get yourself ready. Prepare yourself. Invest into yourself. What do you mean by anything? So I rephrase, I rephrase my question. I'll make it simpler. What can you do? See, it's the same question, but I just ask it differently. What can you do? Guess what I get? 99.9% of the time, I get a stare. You laugh, you laugh. But I tell you, if, if the Lord Jesus Christ appears to some people and gives them the opportunity of a lifetime and asks them this question, what should I do for you? Now, don't, don't, don't answer now. Think. <laughs> you know, just think. If the Lord Jesus appears to you and says, what do you want me to do for you? Think about it. Think about that question because the answer to that question might determine a lot of things. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question. If the Lord appears to you today and asks you this lifetime question, what should I do for you? I'll give you a minute to think. Think, think, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not joking. I'll give you a minute to think. Think about it. What should I do for you? It is Jesus asking, what should I do for you? Now you've told him what you want. Question number two. You ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? What you just asked him to do, are you ready for it? Some of you will ask for $1 million. But what is one million dollars? Somebody who doesn't know what to do with it. It's a waste of money. Invest in yourself. Tell yourself invest in invest in myself, in myself. Those who are at the top of whatever they do, spend time, sorry, invested time in themselves. Maybe we're going to stay on this a little longer. Those who are on top of whatever they do, invested in themselves. Because the investments you make in yourself today will produce a harvest tomorrow. Amen. Preaching good. Amen. To produce a harvest tomorrow. Amen. To do what it takes. Amen. 
to be ready. So that when opportunity shows up, you use it well. And someone shout a big amen. amen. Look at number three. Jesus asked for Peter's boat. Now Peter didn't just give his time. He also gave his boat, which was his means of livelihood. I want to say he gave his boat. Now this is not giving a certain portion. But giving the entire thing that puts food on his table. When you make God the owner and you take the position of a worker, God will bless your business beyond measure. Oh, you didn't hear me. So when you make God the owner and you take the position of a worker, God will bless your business beyond measure. Notice what Peter did. Peter gave Jesus the thing that brought food to him. This was his business. This was his means of livelihood. And he ended the whole thing over to Jesus. He wasn't giving the tithe. He was giving the entire thing. So he was basically saying to Jesus, I turn it over to you. Do whatever you wish with it. There is somebody here this morning under the sound of my voice that will turn over everything to Jesus. When you turn over everything to Jesus and you take second place, Jesus will increase that business beyond measure. The reason why he has not released the kind of grace that you need for that next level prosperity is because you have been the one in the driver's position. I want you to turn over that position to Jesus today and say, Lord, I'm giving you first place. And when you give him first place, guess what? Amongst men, he makes you the first. Oh my goodness. I said, when you give, when you give him first place, amongst men, Jesus will make you the first. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's going to bless that business. He's going to bless whatever you put your hands upon to do. He's going to increase it because he has full responsibility over that business. People are busy, you know, holding back. You know, we can't tithe from our business. You know, if we tithe from our business, it is too much money. Too much money for the Lord who gave you the business? Are you serious? Yeah. Is it not interesting how when it comes to giving, people think it's too much? But when it comes to the Lord blessing them, they don't think it's too much. <laughs> it's never too much. I want to encourage each of you that have a business. Tithe from your business. Tithe from your business. People have come too late to talk to me about not tithing. It is the word of God. And this message can come under attack all people want and all the devil wants, we are not going to back up from preaching it. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse, saith the Lord, and prove me now in this, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough to receive it, and all the nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, saith the Lord. 
Your business is going to be a business that brings the light to God. And people will know that the hand of God is upon your business. I'm not getting a lot of amens on this one now. Tithe from, tell your neighbor, tithe from your business. You are a business owner. You, listen, listen. You've got to adopt the mentality of a steward. You don't own it. Jesus owns it. He gave it to you and says to you, in the meantime, I want you to occupy until I return. So you are a steward of that business. And the day is coming when you're going to give account to him for all the penny that you spent. Oh yeah, I see. People don't relate to this stuff because they think the money is too much. But the money isn't too much because the one that gave it to you is the one who owns the gold and the silver. Come on, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And I truly believe that when you begin to tithe from your business, the Lord will so increase your business, you will be amazed. Even when other people are closing shops, you will be opening new shops. Even when the economy is bad, it will not affect you. Because God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All the testimonies you've been hearing. You heard my sister testified last Sunday. You heard our brother testify today. It is testimony of the favor of God in the financial arena. And this God we serve is still the same God who will bless you above measure. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over shall God bring unto you using men and using women. Come on now, that amen is very weak in the house. This morning. Because I believe that one of the ways to get God involved in your business and to see him blessed beyond your wildest dreams is to tithe from your business. What is the tithe? The tenth. What is the tithe? Ten percent. Oh, Pastor God, so I'm going to give ten percent from my business? Absolutely. You can even decide to keep it if you want to. But I want to say to you this morning that God says he will open unto you the windows of heaven. The windows of heaven is going to be open over your market. The windows of heaven open over your business. Windows of heaven open over your finance. And what does that tell me? That tells me that it doesn't matter what's happening in the economies of the world. Because you are not going to operate by the economies of the world. You're going to operate by the economy of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm here to announce to you that the economy of God cannot be shaken. It doesn't matter what's happening in the, in the globe today. The economy of God cannot be moved, cannot be shaken. You and I are a part of a kingdom that cannot be moved. When God says yes, no man can say no when God opens no man can shut when God blesses no man can curse and I want to say to you as you are faithful in your tithe you will see the hand of God upon your life financially the favor of God will pursue you you will not be the one looking for money money will be the one looking for you you will not be out there looking for blessing the blessing of God will come upon you and overtake you everywhere you go you will be blessed in the city blessed in the fields blessed in the country the work of your hands will be blessed wherever the source of your foot shall tread upon god will give unto you as your inheritance you will not know a day of financial lack 
I'm here to prophesy to somebody that you will never be broke. I'm here to declare over somebody, you will never know a day of poverty. The hand of God shall bring you so much. You are not just going to be blessed, but you are going to be a blessing. Not just to your immediate family members. You are going to be a blessing to this church. You are going to be a blessing to this city. You are going to be a blessing to this nation. You are going to be a blessing to people across the globe. If you are the one I'm talking to, then put those hands together and give the Lord a big hand of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My goodness. The fourth thing you see in the story is Jesus gave Simon Peter divine instruction. I want to say divine instruction. So Simon is given divine strategy. What did Jesus tell him to do? Cast your net. I want to say, cast your net. Now Jesus is telling him to cast his net into the deep for a catch. That is divine strategy. That is why each of us must be listening because there is a divine strategy for every situation. You've got to be listening. Keep your spiritual antennas up. You've got to be listening. There is nothing you're going through right now that Jesus cannot bring you out from. There is nothing you're facing right now that he can give you the victory over. There is nothing the enemy has thrown at you that Jesus cannot give you the ability to defeat. But you've got to hear the divine strategy that he has for you. I want to say to you this morning that not every case is approached the same way. Every situation has got a specific strategy. And he is the one that has all the strategies for all the issues. Oh my goodness. There is nothing you're dealing with right now that does not have a divine answer. There is a divine answer to whatever you're dealing with. And I'm here to announce to you that when this divine strategy drops into your spirit, people will not recognize you because one moment you are here, the next moment you are at a whole new level. Come on now, say amen. You will pinch yourself. You will think you've died and gone to heaven. Because great shall be the glory. Great shall be the blessing. Great shall be the increase. Great shall be the victory that you will begin to experience. Why? Because when God gives you a strategy, God backs up that strategy. And God will make sure that strategy comes to fruition. God is not a man that he should lie. God will never tell you to do a thing that he will not back up. When God tells you to order for something, God will pay for that which he has told you to order for. When God leads you in a certain direction, God will make sure that the doors will swing open before you. So you've got nothing to be afraid of. When God gives you a strategy, you step out in faith and you're going to see God back that word up and bring that word to manifestation. Get ready to hear divine strategy today. Get ready to hear divine strategy tomorrow. 
Get ready on Tuesday. The Spirit of God will come to you even when you are asleep. And a strategy will be unleashed into your spirit. Get ready on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. Every day throughout this year, you are going to hear the voice of the Lord. And when you hear the voice of the Lord and you grab a hold of the strategy that comes from and by the Spirit and you step out in faith, you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You are going to be blessed everywhere you go. Come on now, say amen. You are not going to run helter-skelter. You're going to run with precision. You're going to run with purpose. You're going to run with blessings. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. This is the year to do big things. And if there's anybody in the house that believes that they're going to do big things because God will download into you a divine strategy, then put those hands together and give Jesus all the glory, all the praise in the house. Is that the best you can do? I said, give him all the glory. Hallelujah. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, I will stand on my watch to see what he will say to me. So you've got to stand and expect. Tell somebody expect. There is a strategy. Come on now, say amen. Praise God. Glory to God. So launch out into the deep for a catch. That was the strategy. The deep is the place of the fulfillment of your dreams. And I want to say success is for those that are willing to go deeper. Oh my goodness. Tell somebody go deeper. Success is for those that are willing to go deeper. If you're willing to go deeper, then get ready. Because when you go deeper, God will not let you fail. When Jesus is with you, no matter how deep you go, you won't fail. Somebody got that one? When Jesus is with you, it's time to go deeper. No matter how deep you go, you're not going to fail. Because when he is the one that told you to go deeper, guess what? He will be with you right there. And the reason he has told you to go deeper is because he wants you to catch. I said he wants you to catch. There are things that you're about to catch this week. There are things that you're about to catch this week. I don't know if anyone is sharing what I'm saying this morning. I said there are things you're about to catch this week. I did not say next month. I said this week. There are things that you are about to catch this week. Come on now. Boat sinking catch is about to come into your life. This week you are about to experience the favor of God upon your life. You are about to experience the goodness of God. Somebody's about to go deep and catch like they've never caught. You see. People have been fishing on, in, in shallow waters. It's time to go deeper. Tell somebody, go deeper. I mean, just imagine those mighty ships, those cruise ships. They don't, they don't, they don't cruise on shallow, in shallow waters. They don't. They go deep. But I mean, if you know that you're a mighty cruise ship, I'm here to announce to you, you're not a canoe. I say, you're not a canoe. You're a mighty cruise ship. Come on now, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody I'm a mighty cruise ship. I'm not a canoe. 
You don't cross the Atlantic Ocean on a, on a canoe. You don't cross the Mediterranean on a canoe. That's why many are dying. But if you did on a cruise ship, you know you're getting to your destination. Come on now, say amen. amen. Tell somebody it's time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. But listen, listen to this. The Lord gave him an instruction, a divine strategy. Divine strategy is important. Elisha told Naaman, go deep in the Jordan three times. Help me here. See, I said that on purpose. I wanted to get your attention. Elisha said to Naaman, go deep in the Jordan seven times. That was the strategy. And until Naaman dipped seven times, his leprosy would not be healed. Oh, but we have better rivers in Syria. Who cares about your river? You've been giving a divine instruction. You do it and you see the hand of God. Obedience is the key to see God move. Obedience is the key to see God move. So Elisha said, go deep seven, not six. And he came up with all kinds of excuses. No, uh, I wouldn't deep. Praise God he had somebody beside him who had common sense. <laughs> hey, hey, master, what if he told you to do something more difficult? Wouldn't you have done it? Hey, just go deep. Tell somebody, go deep. Just go and deep. Go, <laughs> go and deep. That's all you are told to do. Just obey. Go there. Take yourself, go there, dip yourself. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It has to be done seven times before the leprosy would leave. And when it did that which was given to him, divine instruction, the leprosy left. His body became like the body of a new baby. This blind man showed up and Jesus spat in the ground. <laughs> And made clay. And put them on the eyes of the blind man. And said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Did not say go and wash in your mother's bathtub. Go to the pool of... In other words, I'm saying all this to get your attention. Listen, he told him specific instruction. On what to do. And specific instruction will bring specific miracle. Amen. That's what you do. You take the instruction the Lord has given to you. And you run with it. And you see how God will bless you and change your story. Amen. We live in such a time, I'm telling you right now. Where we have to learn how to hear the voice of God. And to learn how to hear the voice of God is vital in this day and time. The Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. A lot of people don't know how to wait on God anymore. It is those that wait upon the Lord. These are the ones that will renew their strength, not those that are in a hurry. It's those that learn to wait in the secret place. 
Learn to hear the voice of God before taking steps. People make all kinds of major decisions without consulting with God. And they wonder why things are turning out the way they are turning out. Well, God was not consulted in the first place. If you consult with God, God will show you the way for that miracle. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Praise God. It's reserved for those that know how to wait. What does it mean to wait? It means wait. That's what it means. That's what it simply means. Don't come up with another translation. It means wait on the Lord. Wait. What does it mean to wait? Wait. Wait in a place of prayer. Wait in a place of fellowship. Wait to hear the voice of God. And until you hear the voice of God, don't take that step. Oh, Pastor Godwin, I want to go to friends. Don't take that step until the Lord speaks to you. Oh, Pastor Godwin, I want to start a business. Why? Because my friend just started one. Don't do it because your friend did. Wait and the Lord will speak to you. God may not have you start the same exact business. God might have you start something else that no one has ever done. Come on, I'm preaching good, say amen. Wait. Learn to wait. Learn to spend time in the presence of God. That is one of the reasons why you come to these meetings. Because as you come here, in a time of worship, which many of you missed. In a time of worship, you can hear the Spirit of God begin to speak to you as you are lost in the presence of God. People miss worship. But they feel because they don't understand that worship prepares you for what we're talking about. Because in the time of worship, the Spirit of God will speak to you. Are you listening to me? In the time of worship, that's one of the times in our service when we give to Him. Because you're giving to Him from the fruit of your lips. And the Bible says you're lifting up holy hands. And God will come and speak to you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Shall what? Renew. Shall renew. Why? Why will they renew? Because many are weak. So God wants to renew their strength. God wants to anoint their heads with fresh oil. So that their cups will run over. And surely goodness and mercy will then follow you. All the days of your life. Oh my goodness. Praise the Lord. Wait upon 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 the Lord. Wait. You've got to cultivate this, 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 this thing about waiting upon the Lord. Waiting in His presence to hear the voice of God. Because God speaks. The problem is not God not speaking. The problem is people not hearing. Because God is speaking. But people get busy. There is, I mean, see that's why it's called business. Because it's busyness. Oh yeah. Busyness. That's why it's called business. Because busy, busy, busy. As busy as bees. Always busy. Relax. Tell your neighbor, relax. Pull, pull, pull back. Pull, tell your neighbor, pull back. 
pull away, pull away from all the distractions. Just go into that secret place of the Most High and wait. Wait, wait, wait. Listen, 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 listen. It is not what you say to him. It is what he says to you that matters. It's what he says to you. That's what is important. Not what you say. It's what he says. I'm, I'm for prayer. I pray. We pray. This church believes in prayer. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. But I want to say to you, it's not your two hours of speaking. Praise God for that. And I'm not taking away from that. But it is what he says back to you. Because in his word is the direction that you need. And oh my goodness, one word, one word, your life is at a whole new place. One, just one word, just if you can hear, if you can hear just one word and everything is changed. It's time to hear. I say it's time to hear. It's time to hear. I said, it's time to hear. The fifth thing I want to show you. Peter had a miracle catch. A boat sinking catch. That's the title for this message. A boat. This catch is about to sink your boat. I want you to get ready because it's your turn. Okay, let me preach to the people outside. I want... I want you to get ready because it's your turn. It's your turn for a boat sinking catch. This is your time. This is your season. And I'm not talking about next month. I'm talking about today. Because faith is now. Come on now say amen. It is your time. It is your turn. You've come into the right place at the right time. Because you are about to catch something that will cause your boat to sink. The catch will be so big, you will have to call on your partners. You will have to call on your friends. You have to call on your neighbors to come and help you. Because great are the things that God is going to do in your life beginning from today. And if I'm preaching to you, then shout your loudest amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. six he was promoted <laughs> Jesus said to him from today I want to say from today, from today you will no more catch fish you will catch men that sounds to me as exponential growth that sounds to me as coming into the perfect plan the man all the while was catching fish but Jesus said to him you are going to stop catching fish you begin to catch people Nothing greater than catching people. God is about to bring some people into your life. Oh my goodness. I said God is about to bring some people into your life. Show me a man, a woman that's successful. And I show you a man or woman who has great relationships. God's about to bring you the right people, the right relationships into your life. That will take your life to new heights. Take your life to a new level. Come on now somebody shout hallelujah. 
Jesus said to him, you are going to stop catching fish from this day. You're going to begin to catch men. In other words, I'm promoting you to a new level. You see, it's never being about stuff. It's always being about the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is souls. This man, Peter, became the apostle to the Jews. Who would think that Peter, Peter a fisherman? Peter, the uneducated. You know he was uneducated? Yeah, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that when the religious leaders looked at them and saw that they were uneducated men, but the Bible says that they realized that they had been with Jesus. So their education did not come from the secular. Their education came from... Uh, hallelujah. Come on now, say amen. That's what the Bible means when it says God will use the foolish. The foolish things of this world to confound the wise. This man, Peter, because of this one giving, eventually became the apostle unto the Jews. When you read the book of Acts, you can break it down into two segments. You will refer to Peter as the apostle unto the Jews and Paul, the apostle unto the Gentiles. These are the two biggest names in the book of Acts. Are you listening to me? From that day, the man got exponential increase. Jesus said, you shall no more catch fish, you shall begin to catch men. I'm here to prophesy over somebody listening to me that you're about to get promotion like you've never known. You're about to experience the goodness of God like you've never known. You're about to get into an area in your life that nobody in your family, in your generation have ever dreamed of. I am certain that Peter did not even know that was going to happen. But because of that which he did in obedience to what Jesus said, his life was moved to another level. I'm here to declare a new level. I'm here to declare a new level of grace. A new level of the wisdom of God operating in the life of God's people. A new level of increase like you've never known. Some of you are going to begin to introduce something that has never been introduced by anybody in your family you are about to be the first to do the things that's never been done in your entire generation get ready because God's hands are upon you the goodness of God is upon you the favor of God is upon you the grace of God is working in your life I'm here to announce to you that you are the one that's been chosen in this day and in this time and the purpose of God for your life will come to fruition if you believe it shout your loudest hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God oh my goodness this is hot hallelujah your giving does not only bring back financial or material blessings but it brings to you things money can't buy and it takes you to places money can't take you to I'm telling you right now the last thing I want to show you and I'll wrap, I'll wrap up with this Peter gave for the harvest. Notice when Jesus came there, Jesus was going to preach to the multitude. So Peter's giving was for the harvest. We're raising fin uh, kingdom financiers here. So we're going to raise kingdom financiers here. I begin to prophesy and I begin to declare that I see 50 multi-millionaires raised up in this place. Amen. Amen. 50. Let's start with 50. Pastor Godwell, why not 100? Let's start with 50. Come on now, say amen. amen. 
50 multi-millionaires raised up. Praise God. Men and women that are selfless. Men and women that have the kingdom of God burning in their hearts. Men and women that are not going to hold back from God. Come on now, say amen. How many of you know that if you're going to get the job done, you need money to get it done? I'm telling you right now, winning souls, yeah, praise God, we go out on the streets. But when it comes to packing out a stadium, you don't get that done without money. You, you don't tell the guys running the stadium, let me have the stadium. No, they'll tell you to dip your hand in your pocket and bring some greens and you'll have to pay for it. I'm here to announce to you there are those of you that God's going to raise up from this place that are going to be so financially blessed, financially wealthy, that your giving will be aimed for the harvest. You're giving, you're going, to, you're going to be giving in the tune of millions. You're going to be giving the tune of, 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 of billions. Get ready because God is about to bless you like you've never known. Come on now, somebody give the Lord a big hand of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Tell somebody get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Maybe, maybe you are one of the 50. Then you can say, I am one of the 50. I'm one of the, I'm one of the 50. I've taken my place already. I'm one of the 50. God's going to use me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, why not? Why not? Why not? Oh, Pastor God, I'm just a cleaner. I clean homes. Get ready to have a company that employ people to clean. You, 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 you will just be the owner of the cleaning company. Amen. Oh, Pastor Godwell, I take clients around town. And uh, when I take them to shops, I get a cut. Get ready to get good clients. I mean, big ones. I've said this before and I want to say it again. To be honest, it's not the number of clients that determine how wealthy you become. Not the number of clients. You can have just two. Two, I want to say two. You can have just two clients. And you're made. That's a fact. It's not in number. It's in quality. Not in quantity. Some years ago, I encouraged a young man to get into this logistics business. At the time, he was doing something else. And I, I, I pushed him. I said, hey, come on. Do it. And he did. Stepped into it. I guess it was a year or two years later, I wouldn't mention the name of the country. Before you knew it, he was meeting with the vice president of their country. Listen, vice president came, uh, I'm sorry, the brother of the president, I'm sorry, the brother of the president of the country came here to buy some goods. Before you knew it, he was meeting the brother of the president. How many of you know that it is not about the number? It's about the quality of the people. So get ready because God's going to bring you quality people. Praise the Lord. 
receives that today? With your hands lifted. Father, I pray over everyone whose hands are lifted right now. I ask in the name of Jesus that this word that has gone deep into the heart of each person will bear much fruit. I thank you, Lord, because not one person will leave this place like they have come. I thank you, Lord, because your word, when it is sown into us, it will bear much fruit. And oh, yes, this word is going to bear fruit. I see Lord, the Lord, I see you raising people up in this place. I see you raising them up and giving them dominion even in the realm of finance, in the realm of business. I see people rising up in academics. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see people, I declare that people are going to take new territories. In the mighty name of Jesus, I, I, I declare over those that are struggling right now, that in the name of Jesus, the same grace that was poured upon Peter is released upon them even right now. The Lord, you will bring them out, you bring them through. And Lord, you raise them up for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for the 50 that we have been talking about, Lord. We declare in the name of Jesus that they are here today for your glory use them use them use them use them, use them. Jesus name